This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome everyone to the third bonus episode of Ohio Unsolved. I'm your host, Matthew, and today I'm going to do things a little different. I have a few short stories that I wrote with the intention to turn them into horror shorts, but for whatever reason, they never got made. So now I'm sitting here with these unused scripts, and what better place to read them than my Patreon bonus episodes. So sit back, make sure to lock your doors and windows, and get ready for Ohio Unsolved bonus episodes. first script that I have, I wrote while I was a pizza delivery driver. While on the road delivering pizzas, I would always imagine possible scary scenarios that could happen, and this is one that I thought of. It was near closing time at the local pizza place. Josh was standing at the back door looking up at the night sky when his manager walked over and tapped him on the shoulder. Hey man, I know you're wanting to go home but I've got one more delivery I need you to take. Josh's mouth drops open, sad, because there's only 10 minutes left of his shift. Are you serious? What kind of last minute Larry orders this late? The manager says, I know man, but you've been there before. These people tip well. You're looking at a $10 tip at least. Okay, I guess I can spare another 15 minutes of my time to make 10 bucks. That's more like it. The pizza's about to come out of the oven. Grab their drinks and get ready to leave. Alrighty, boss man. The manager walks over and takes the pizza out of the oven and places it on the cutting table to prepare it for delivery. As he's doing this, Josh is getting the customer's drinks out of the cooler and bagging them up. Josh then turns to his manager to ask him a question. Is there any sauce with this order? I don't want to get out there and have to turn back around just to take some garlic sauce to him. No, sir. All they got was the pizza, breadsticks, and the two 20-ounce drinks. Cool, man. All right, I'll be back as quickly as I can. The manager said, see you in a bit. Drive carefully. Don't I always, said Josh. Josh grabs the food and the bag with the drinks in it and heads out the door. As he gets outside, he stops by his car and looks up at the night sky. He starts to open the door when he hears a low, evil-sounding laughter coming from behind, near the dumpster. Hearing that, he quickly puts the order in his back seat and gets in his car and locks it. Josh thinks to himself, what the fuck was that? After hearing the laughter, he nervously puts the address into his GPS, when for no reason he looks up and into his rearview mirror where he sees the silhouette of a tall man standing next to the dumpster. Seeing this, he 
quickly puts his car in drive and drives away. As he drives to the edge of the parking lot, he turns left. It's midnight, so there's no traffic on the road but him. He continues driving away from the lights of the strip mall he works from and into a dark stretch of road with trees on both sides. After about five minutes of driving, Josh sees headlights coming towards him, thinking to himself, that's odd, there's usually no traffic out here this late at night. As he's watching this car in front of him, suddenly the headlights go out, and when the car should have passed him, nothing. He slowed down to where he last saw the car, thinking that maybe it went off the road, but there was nothing there. Confused by what he just saw, he continued to drive a little more nervous than before. He turned on the radio. Josh, maybe a little music will help make me feel better. But as he reaches for the knob to turn on the radio, he's suddenly blinded by someone's brights glaring into his rearview mirror. Josh says, what the fuck dude, get off my ass. Josh yells at the driver to back off, but the strange char car just keeps following and honking its horn, flashing the brights on and off. By this time, Josh is a little more than freaked out and reaches for his phone to call his manager. But just as he gets his phone in his hand, he notices that there's no one behind him anymore. Josh says, what the fuck is going on? Why is this guy fucking with me? He continues cautiously to the house to make his delivery, always looking in his mirrors to see if there's anyone behind him. After a few more minutes of driving, he turns onto the street of his delivery. He pulls into the driveway and grabs the order. He walks to the door and rings the doorbell. It's a different person than he's used to that answers the door. The man that comes to the door looks nervous and looks like he's covered in blood. Stranger says, Thanks, kid. Sorry I ordered so late. I've been, uh, busy painting. I painted my living room today, and it took longer than I expected. Josh says, Did you just move in? What happened to the people that lived here before? I just delivered to them the day before yesterday, and they didn't mention that they were moving. Stranger says, Yeah, it was a sudden thing. I made them an offer, and they took it. Hesitantly, Josh handed him the food, and the guy handed him a $100 bill. Josh said, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't change this. The stranger says, Don't worry about it, kid. Keep it. But your total is only $14.95. You'll earn it. Josh, huh? How will I? The, jo- the man interrupts Josh. You've earned it. Ha <laughs> ha. That's what I meant. Josh hesitantly says, Well, thank you very much, sir. That's very nice of you. The stranger says, Not a problem. By the way, when did you guys start driving in pairs? Confused by what he meant, Josh turned to his car and noticed that there was a dark shadow of a person in the back seat. He turned to the man, but he was gone. Josh is terrified now. The man is gone, and he's staring at someone in his car. He turned around to knock on the door, and there's no answer. Josh says to himself, what in the fuck is going on here? He looks back at his car, and the shadow is now gone. He walks quietly to his car and looks in the back seat, and there's no one in there. When he opens the door and the inside light comes on, he sees a giant kitchen knife lying in the floor of his back seat.
In a panic, Josh slams the door shut and goes to get in his car. Just as he gets the front door open, he's grabbed from behind and his throat is slit with a giant machete. And then the scene fades to black. Josh snaps to attention, standing outside of his pizza place, terrified and confused by what had just happened. Suddenly, he hears the same creepy laughter from his dream, but this time, he can see who it's coming from. Over by the dumpster, he can see the same stranger from his dream, walking towards him, holding something in his right hand. As the man draws closer to Josh, he can see that he's holding a small hatchet that's covered in blood. Suddenly, the stranger starts running at him, about to swing the axe. Josh screams out in pain. The end. That was the first script. Now, if they do sound a little weird to you, it's because they are written in script form. They're, they were meant to be shot as a movie. The, uh, unfortunately, I didn't write them in story form. So I'm trying to uh, rework them or reword them as I'm reading. But that, that can be a little difficult. Now, the second short script that I have, I wrote this to be part of an anthology that I was working on. But this story is the only one that I ever actually finished. This is my version of the popular babysitter in the telephone urban legend. I hope you enjoy it. It's bright and sunny afternoon, and Jennifer is driving to her new babysitting client, the Franklins. Her best friend Susan, who usually sits for the family, wasn't able to work that night. As she's driving down the road, She's flipping through the radio stations until she hears a song that she likes. Her phone rings, and she searches one-handed through her purse until she finds it. Answering the phone, she says, Hello? Hey, Mom, what's up? Yeah, I'm almost there. Actually, I can see their house now. Wow, it's so nice. These people must have a lot of money. Okay, Mom, I'll be careful, I know. If I need anything, I'll call. Yeah, I love you too. Bye. Jennifer pulls into the driveway of her new babysitting job and is amazed by how nice the house looks. She gets out of the car and just stands there, looking in disbelief. She starts walking towards the door when she hears a noise in the bushes. She looks towards the sound, trying to see what made it. She starts to walk towards the bushes when she's startled by the kids screaming and playing across the street. She laughs it off and continues up to the front door. She rings the doorbell and hears shuffling inside. The door opens, and standing there is a young, beautiful lady wearing a black dress and what looks like an expensive pearl necklace. Hi there, you must be Jennifer. Jennifer said, yeah, Susan recommended me to you guys. That she did. She said that you would be her best replacement since she's not available tonight. Jennifer said, that's so sweet of her. Well, come on in. Let me show you around. Nancy steps aside so Jennifer can come in. When she steps inside, there's a staircase immediately inside the door leading upstairs. 
there's a nicely decorated front living room. Nancy, the mom, says, This front living room is mostly for decoration. The family room is in the back. This is where we all relax and watch TV. Nancy leads Jennifer past the stairway to the back living room. Here's the kitchen. Make sure to help yourself to anything in the fridge. And here is the family room. Jennifer says, This is such a nice house, Mrs. Franklin. Thank you, sweetie. I try to keep a clean house, but it doesn't always work out. The kids can be such a handful sometimes. Jennifer says, Where are the kids at? It's pretty quiet in here. She replies, Oh, well, they're upstairs in bed. See, they're just getting over the flu, and they should all be asleep all night. Jennifer says, So this shouldn't be that difficult of a night, then. I'll be able to finish my homework. Nancy says, Oh, yeah, it'll be a nice, relaxing evening for you. Minus the homework, that is. <laughs> Jennifer says, Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I have this big, big project due, and I have a lot of research to do still. Nancy says, Well, we have a really fast internet connection, so feel free to use a computer. Jennifer says, Well, I brought my laptop, so all I'll need is the Wi-Fi password. That won't be a problem at all. Give me just a moment. I need to run upstairs to hurry my husband along. Nancy leaves the room and can be heard going up the stairs. Jennifer walks over to the couch and sits down. She then pulls her laptop out of her bag, sits it on the coffee table, and opens it up, getting ready to sign into the Franklin's Wi-Fi. Jennifer hears two sets of footsteps walking down the stairs, and Nancy re-enters the room. Okay, Jen, the password for the Wi-Fi is Pickle Shoes. <laughs> I know, it's silly, but no one will ever guess Pickle Shoes as our password. Jennifer says, I would have never guessed that. Nancy, okay, dear, well, our dinner reservations are in 15 minutes, and if there's time, we're thinking about seeing a movie. That should put us home at about 11. You think you can handle that? Jennifer says, Oh, yeah, I think I'll be just fine. Okay, well, our cell phone numbers are on the fridge. Feel free to call if you need anything. Jennifer says, Okay, thank you. You two have fun tonight. We will, dear. See you in a few hours. Nancy walks out of the room and can be heard walking through the front door. Jennifer connects her laptop to the family's Wi-Fi. Once her laptop is connected, she gets up and walks into the kitchen. She opens up the refrigerator. She reaches in and grabs herself a can of soda, grabs a bag of potato chips off the kitchen table, and walks back into the living room. She plops onto the couch and opens her can of soda. She takes a drink and sits it on the glass top table. While looking at her laptop, she takes the clip off the bag of potato chips and takes a few out of the bag. She eats a few chips and sets the bag down on the table, and she leans back on the couch and closes her eyes. Jennifer, asleep on the couch, when suddenly the phone rings. She is startled out of her light sleep, confused on where she is for a moment. Then she realizes where she is and is upset with herself that she fell asleep. It's now dark outside. With the phone still ringing, she quickly gets up and walks over to the cordless phone next to the television. Answering the phone, she says, Hello, Franklin residence. Hello? Is anyone there? Jennifer stands there trying to get 
whoever it is on the other line to speak. Hello? I can hear you breathing. Are you going to say anything? She hears a click on the other end and sets the phone back down. Jennifer to herself. That was weird. Must have been a wrong number. She then walks back over to the couch and sits down. She grabs her can of soda off the table and takes a drink. She starts to reach for the bag of potato chips when the phone rings again. She looks up at the phone and gets up to answer it. She picks it up. Hello, Franklin residence. The man on the phone breathes heavily. Hello, who is this? What do you want? The man on the phone. What do I want? To see what your insides taste like. Jennifer quickly hangs up the phone with panic clearly on her face. She walks over to the sliding glass door and looks through the curtain into the backyard. She sees into the backyard and sees a patio table and chairs and trampoline towards the backyard. She turns on the light and opens the door and slowly walks out. Jennifer slowly steps out the back door into the backyard. She cautiously walks around looking towards a small patch of woods at the back of the yard. She starts walking towards a small patch of woods. As she slowly walks, she hears the faint rustling sound coming from deep inside the woods. As she gets closer, she suddenly hears a loud crash coming from inside the house. She stops dead in her tracks and turns and looks towards the house. Jennifer thinks to herself, what the hell was that? She abandons the noise that she heard in the woods and she runs towards the house. Running into the house, she starts to frantically look for the cause of the loud crash that caused her to run back inside. She's suddenly startled by the telephone ringing. When she realizes that it's only the phone ringing, she sighs with relief. She walks over to the phone in the kitchen and picks it up. Hello, Franklin residence. Hello? I can hear you breathing. The man says, Have you checked the children? They were delicious. You sick freak, stop calling or I'll call the police. Jennifer slams down the phone and starts to call the police when she suddenly hears a loud thud coming from upstairs. She quickly makes her way to the bottom of the steps. She stops at the bottom and listens. Hello? Kids? Are you awake? Jennifer starts to slowly walk up the stairs almost not moving at all. She climbs the staircase one step at a time. When she reaches the middle of the staircase, she hears another light thud that sounds like it came from the kids' room. She starts to go up the stairs quicker than before. When she reaches the top of the stairs, she stops in front of the kids' bedroom. Placing her ear close to the door, she listens to see if the thud she's heard twice now is coming from inside the children's bedroom. Not hearing anything, she reaches for the doorknob, turning it slowly. The door slightly cracks open, allowing the light from the hallway to spill into the kids' room. Opening the door inch by inch, she sticks her head into the room and looks around. There's a bunk bed in the back corner. One of the kids is sound asleep on the top bunk but Jennifer notices that the bottom bunk is empty. Boom! 
Caitlin, one of the kids she's there to babysit, comes out of the bedroom and shouts at Jennifer, making her jump with fear. Jennifer says, oh my god, you scared me half to death. Caitlin, laughing, says, ha, 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 I'm sorry. It was just too easy. Jennifer says, oh dear, that wasn't very nice, young lady. Now get right back into bed. Caitlin says, okay, I'm sorry I scared you. It's okay, sweetie. I'm sorry, I've just been a little jumpy tonight. Good night, Jennifer. Jennifer gives Caitlin a quick hug and shuts the bedroom door. Breathing another sigh of relief, she heads back downstairs. As she walks back into the living room and sits down on the couch, she reaches for her laptop when the phone rings again. Visibly upset by the sound of the phone ringing, she decides to ignore it. The phone rings five or six more times before it stops. Maybe he'll finally get the hint that I'm done with his childish prank phone call bullshit. No sooner than she finished that sentence, the phone started ringing again. Jennifer says, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? She gets up off the couch and walks over to the phone. Angry, she picks it up. What? What do you want? It was Nancy. What's wrong, Jen? Miss Franklin? Was that you that just called? Yeah, I was just calling to check on things. Is everything okay? Jennifer said, yeah, I received a few prank calls tonight, and they scared me a little bit. Nancy said, okay, dear, if it happens again, just hit redial, and it'll show the caller's location, even if they have their number blocked. It's a security feature that Mr. Franklin insisted that we get. We never needed it until now. Jennifer says, Okay, thank you, Miss Franklin. I'll see you when you guys get home. Good night, dear. Jennifer hangs up the phone and goes back to the couch. Right when she sits down, the phone starts ringing again. Determined to find out who it is that keeps calling, she gets up and answers the phone. Hello? The man on the phone? Have you checked the children? They were delicious. Mm. Jennifer says, Actually, I was just up there. They're fine. The man hangs up. When the man hangs up, Jennifer quickly hits the redial button on the phone. The caller ID says, Franklin House. And that's when she hears a phone ringing upstairs. Jennifer is now frightened and panicking. She stands there, frozen with fear until she hears a door upstairs open, and then slam shut. Still stricken with fear, Jennifer finds the courage to think of the children and quickly runs up the stairs to make sure the kids are okay. She reaches the bottom of the stairs and looks up. She sees Caitlin standing at the top of her stairs, covered in blood. Jennifer says, Caitlin, are you okay? Caitlin sobbing. No, I woke up to my sister falling off the top bunk. Her belly was cut. Oh, Caitlin is suddenly grabbed from the darkness and dragged into her bedroom, screaming. Jennifer ran up the stairs and burst into the kid's dark bedroom. She flipped on the light, but nothing happened. Breathing heavily, she heard the sound of someone eating very loudly. told you the kids were delicious. Hearing that, Jennifer turned and ran out of the room. Jennifer runs down the stairs and into the 
back living room. She goes for the phone and starts to call the police. Suddenly, she's grabbed from behind and a butcher's knife is plunged into her stomach. Screaming in pain, the unknown man pulls the bloody knife out of her stomach, grabs her ponytail, pulls her head back. Then in one quick motion, he slits her throat. She falls to the floor out of the shot. Then the unknown man slowly brings the knife up to his mouth and licks the blood off the blade. Mm. Tastes just like cinnamon. The unknown man continues to lick Jennifer's blood off the knife, madly laughing, then slowly dropping to the floor. Now I know my version is much darker than other versions that you've heard before. But that's both two unused scripts that I've written. I think I have a few more on an old computer, so if you'd like to hear them in a future bonus episode, please let me know and I'll record them. I'm sorry that this bonus episode took so long to get released, but working full-time and doing an episode a week on the regular show leaves me with very little free time. But I'll work on my time management to make sure that these get out in a more timely manner from now on. Well, that's going to do it for today. I hope that you guys enjoyed the stories I wrote, and I'll see you next month. Make sure to keep those doors and windows locked, and stay ready for Ohio Unsolved bonus episodes.